Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents, and welcome to the 2021 Summer Vacation Series. We're getting to know comics from around the world who performed on our isolation comedy online sh comedy show, comedy, 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 uh, <laughs> during 2020. I'm your host, Valerie, and my sometime co-host, Ms. Purrington, will join us if she damned well pleases. <laughs> Keep up with us. I'm going to have to do it sound editing i changed my i changed my introduction and i'm tripping up all over it <laughs> okay keep keep up uh, okay clean break stop all right here we go keep up with us at comedywham.com or follow us on twitter and instagram at comedywham or on our comedywham facebook page in addition to podcasts comedy wham brings you articles album reviews live shows and an events page for live shows in Austin and Houston. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show, show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click submit a show to complete the short survey. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations and will usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene and the global comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, I am sitting down with somebody who is the co-host of the podcast. Thank you for being a podcast with her co-host, Anthony Decimito, covering, of course, the, Go the Golden Girls. And they did so in a, an incredible five-year run. She was also the host of The Living Room, a comedy show that she hosted in her home. And she is the founder, aka head bird of Bird City Comedy Festival, which launched in Phoenix in 2016. And she is one of our favorite comics on our 2020 isolation comedy show. And as her website is proud to tell you, she is comedian, writer, mom, raccoon. And now Comedy Wham presents our guest, Genevieve Rice. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm realizing I, I need to update my website pretty desperately. <laughs> I, I actually, there was a funny little dispute. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's funny. Maybe, I don't know. Um, for a while on there, because uh, I, I made it, I think in the middle of the night, one night in like 2013, um, I declared myself America's funniest biker. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, which I thought was hilarious as someone who's never been on a motorcycle. <laughs> and, and, uh, it's like, oh, okay. And I forgot about it. And then this year, um, I got messaged by an agent that said, I represent somebody who is America's funniest biker. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and they asked me to remove it. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I, was, I mean, they were like scared to tell me. They're like, he's like, I've been, because the agent was somebody I know. So uh -huh. they were like, ah, uh, I've been <laughs> nervous to tell you. <laughs> Great. I almost thought that you were, the way you were going is that you were somehow going to be, you, you were <laughs> somebody who was representing uh, Rocket the raccoon was, was coming <laughs> after you. Oh, I think that's next. No, that's nice. Okay, well. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of options there. I could have become America's 
funniest biker. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's in time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're too young to have had your midlife crisis, right? So <laughs> sure, getting there. <laughs> Well, Genevieve, it is a pleasure to get to talk to you. This, uh, I, I, you know, for many reasons, a lot of people hate the whole online show. But one of the reasons that I love the online show and, and the, the whole Zoom comedy thing is I got to meet people from everywhere. And you were on our show for a, at least a couple of times. And you were always so fun. And as part of my research, I watched some of your clips and I'm like, Oh, no wonder I liked her. I, you just have this very warm, welcoming uh, comedic style and the way that you write your comedy, uh, you know, you kind of lead us down a path and then you do a turn and uh, you're just uh, you're just a very warm and welcoming person. And, and then, you know, as I did my research, the fact that you did a, a podcast based on the Golden Girls and that you hosted shows in your home. It's like, oh yeah, this all makes sense. And then you started a festival. So um, <laughs> those, those are all the hits and we will get into most of those. But I do like to start my podcast with a question, uh, my icebreaker. And that is, Genevieve, tell me one word to describe your past. <laughs> um checkered <laughs> I don't know. um hmm. it seems so wholesome I find that very surprising <laughs> um but yeah I I don't know I I actually have done quite a bit uh I I'm I'm almost 40 I turn 40 uh January next year and so um, I've actually, I've, I've done quite a bit. I, uh, I was born in Alaska. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, um, lived in Oklahoma most of my life. <laughs> and, and, um, uh, yeah, it's, it is, it is surprising. I, 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 um, <laughs> I have farm in my, in my family, <laughs> which I don't know. Um, and I, I work as a real estate agent now as my day job. Um, and I've been doing comedy off and on since 2007. Uh, <laughs> you, you actually started comedy in college. Yeah. What, uh, what prompted you to, to start? Had you been a performer in, in school and, and into college or was there just, a, you, you had a fancy for it? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't consider myself a performer at all. And I, um, I just really loved comedy and, um, I, I always sought it out, uh, from a young age. Like I, I would watch, um, comedy boom really hit when I was like probably about seven or eight. So I would, uh, watch like evening at the improv and Caroline's and I would just, uh, stay up to watch like late night sets. And I would, um, when I got access to Comedy Central in like the late nineties, I, um, I was like super obsessed and would just watch everything. Yeah. And, but I grew up in Oklahoma city and I went to school in Norman, Oklahoma and, um, wasn't much of a comedy scene there. <laughs> and, <laughs> They're not known for it, but. 
um, it never, it never really occurred to me like, oh, I could just go to an open mic or something like that. Like, I think now that's a pretty common idea that that's how people get up on stage and do comedy. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was like, one of my friends actually had to start a show. Um, they actually started an open mic and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is how you do comedy. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I got five minutes together, uh, thought I would do it once. And, uh, and then I just kept doing it. <laughs> so wait, wait, why did you think you would just do it once? You just wanted to be supportive for your friend and well, oh, why? I, I just thought, I, first of all, I didn't think I would be that good. I, I thought I would, I thought it would be kind of fun. And, and mm -hmm. then it would be like one thing I did once and okay. I tried stand up comedy and then I, I didn't expect to be hooked huh. as it was. And I, I didn't expect to do, I, I, I basically, I really did have like a magical first time where it was mm. just like my jokes worked, you know, like, and then of course, I also said it was my first time about a billion times. That, that made <laughs> most of my sense. <laughs> and, you know, and I was surrounded by uh, friends and people I knew that were supportive and, and uh, yeah, it was, I, I was like, oh, wow, I, I kind of didn't realize how this worked. And now I can kind of see how it works. And I'm like, oh, I would like to try this more. And um, so I <laughs> wrote another five minutes expecting it to work again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you didn't realize that you don't have to write a brand new five minutes every single time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You're one of those. Every once in a while, I come across one, and I just want to say, "Oh, it's so." Oh, sweet. and I, I've had people too do that to me. Uh, like in my first year, I had someone else that was like, "I noticed that you did the same thing you did last week." Oh, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I, I have like three minutes total <laughs> that works, so I'm doing that three minutes, and then whatever two minutes new that." <laughs> like a, a year in the comedy whatever yeah <laughs> yeah I yeah I, there's all this stuff that you just don't know yeah <laughs> as a newbie yeah. right yeah and so from that first night what was it that that hooked you because you I, I mean I, I guess in hindsight you realize the biased environment that that you you were in with all of your friends and and support there and uh you know by telling the audience this is your first time, they they tend to be a little kinder to you. <laughs> so I, I think I just really liked, I liked the idea of writing. I loved writing jokes. Mm. Um, I was already kind of a, I was a writer before that. Um, I actually went to school for journalism and I worked at um, different papers and stuff like that. So. I actually was, I really loved the feedback. And this was before really social media had like taken off. And like, uh, I, I just liked that, that gratification of, okay, yeah. see if this will ever get a laugh or, <laughs> or was, yeah. And um, I, I really enjoyed that. And I think having that outlet was really important. And, um, and I, I just felt uh, different than I, I kind of ever, I, I kind of think of myself as a bit of a shy person. 
and uh, like I still I still do very much and like and this was this was so different and interesting to me as a person that had uh, incredible stage fright that I just was like oh, I I just got to keep doing it. Yeah, that's actually that was where I was going to go next. Is given that you weren't a performer, but you liked that creative outlet of being able to express your your creativity through the written word. How did you overcome that that stage fright, or maybe? Uh, by being able to express your written word, you lost some of the stage fright element of being a performer. I mean, I think in the first couple of years, it was, it was booze for sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it was that. And then it was also just, I mean, I, I think, especially in the first couple of years, I think you really have to have a lot of delusion <laughs> to, to, to do this. Uh, I, and and like, you really have to like, oh, right, I'm going to keep doing this and I'm going to, people are enjoying, they are enjoying my yeah uh, three minutes of comedy stretched into 10 minutes. <laughs> like, they're not seeing through me at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is going to get me on late night. This is going <laughs> to, um, yeah. So I, I think I had that and I think I think part of it was just, I think it just was experience. Cause I, I don't think I really, I don't think I really got over it until maybe about a year and a half in where I didn't feel extremely nervous and wasn't like, oh, I've got to write out my entire set word for word like, mm -hmm. over and over. And I have to have it memorized. And, and like, <laughs> and I think once I kind of realized, um, once I realized that I had more flexibility and um, I think also um, I quit drinking in 2015. And I think once I quit drinking, I actually got to be a better performer. I got to be, ah. um, in my opinion, I, I felt yeah. like, this, okay, I can do this without alcohol. Um, now I, I want to do, now I, I like the way that my energy feels on stage. Like I can kind of feel how I I can, I'm more present mm -hmm. and, and not kind of numbed by the alcohol. And I'm kind of looking at the situation and reacting to it. Yeah. So. I mean, there's certainly a lot of comics that have come forward and they, they don't drink and it's been freeing for them. So yeah, it's uh, I, I can't imagine going on stage under the influence. I just, I just feel like, you know, you have to control so many elements. And yes, there's an, a big element of being able to riff and be a little bit of an ad libber on, on stage. But mm -hmm. uh, I just feel like alcohol takes away some level of control of, of your environment. It definitely does. Um, it definitely does. It's, I mean, it's not only that, it, you save money. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, there's that. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's about, I mean, even, even if you get generous and, and, and give them a, you know, $5 for your soda water or whatever, but yeah. even then yeah. <laughs> there's no, uh, uncomfortable yeah. wait for, uh, for your credit card at the bar mm -hmm. after a bad gig. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you are. I guess depending on where in your college career you were uh, 
when you started comedy, how many years were you doing it before you, you graduated college? Uh, that was, uh, that was my last year of college. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I was curious how it was uh, doing comedy. You, you found something that you really enjoyed doing, but you're in an environment where there's not a lot of options, maybe not a lot of showcases to get booked on to start getting a little bit, you know, more into the, the career progression. Well, I got into it. Um, Oklahoma City at the time really had about, I'd say maybe like 15 to 20 comics that were doing it um, at least a couple times a month. And we had, when I first started, we had, we had um, this bar show at Othello's, which is where I did my first set. And uh, that was, that was wonderful. I think that's still going today. Um, and then we had, um, we had the Looney Bin um, in Oklahoma City and they, you could sign up for the mic uh, every two weeks. <laughs> so that was, that was it. Uh, or at least that was available to me as a, as, as like a newbie. Yeah. You could eventually you could get like uh, you could get an MC or even a feature spot at, at the Looney Bin, uh, which I never <laughs> I never got there. But <laughs> I mean, a year in that that would have been a, a big big thing to accomplish. And you're you're working on your college degree too, so you were yeah. plenty busy. Yeah. And um, then, from what I understand, you headed straight to Phoenix. Yeah, I, um, I, I moved to Phoenix. Um, I was engaged uh, to a guy that lived out there. And then I moved there. Um, we promptly broke up. <laughs> and I stayed. <laughs> it's okay. I met someone new. Yeah. Uh, you you nice. seem like you've recovered quite nicely. <laughs> And I don't know, maybe this is just my impression, but Phoenix has a really good comedy scene. It's kind of one of those, you know, it's under the radar. It's probably fairly similar to what Austin has, maybe a, a little bit smaller, but I don't, I don't know that for sure. But I mean, I don't, is that a, is that something that has grown recently or has it just always been a quiet yet understated presence? It, um, it definitely was. When I moved there in 2008, it was um, it was definitely bigger than Oklahoma City scene. Oklahoma City scene at that point had expanded a little bit to a few shows and like um, a few bar shows and stuff and and stuff like that. But yeah. um, Phoenix at that point had at least a show or a mic um, at least every day of the week, um, and they had a couple of clubs. Um, cause they had Tempe improv and I think comedy spots. And I'm trying to think if there was anything else, um, at that point, but there were like a few places, there was quite a few places you could get up. Um, I did have a little bit of trouble finding places when I first got there. Um, because I, I didn't know where to find mics. Like the last time <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> I had, you had yeah. your friend. <laughs> yeah, I had I, I had friends. I had friends that were doing comedy and they're like, oh, you you know, you go up, you do places and they're like, oh, you should come. People are like, oh, I'm running a show here. You can do it. And and uh, getting that first step was was really tough. And I <laughs> I actually found an open mic in the newspaper. Oh, my gosh. 
the good old days, newspapers. <laughs> I, <laughs> and that's, that's how I, I went to uh, my first couple of mics and um, was, was just things I discovered in the newspaper. And I'm like, I, it seems wild to me now. <laughs> yeah, right. Showed up. <laughs> and, I, and I brought my, my then uh, fiance along. <laughs> and I'm sure that uh, precipitated the end of our relationship. <laughs> Did you have an adjustment period for uh, doing comedy in Oklahoma City versus doing comedy in Phoenix? You're, you're, if, I mean, you'll correct me, but if I assume that your uh, type of comedy has been consistent all along, it's pretty adaptable to any environment and any audience. I, um, <laughs> I, I don't know about any audience, <laughs> but uh, I did, um, I was, I was kind of, when I first started, I was, I was kind of, um, kind of doing a little bit more like quiet shock comedy, like kind of the way I would say Sarah Silverman was maybe the closest mm. Sarah Silverman, maybe, a, maybe like a slightly dirtier, um, Mitch Hedberg, where I was doing kind of short jokes. Okay. Um, a little bit of that. And um, I wasn't doing as as many as many uh, stories and stuff like that as as I was, and I was doing fairly well in Oklahoma City. I um, I was getting stuff. I I, I even won. Um, uh, like I placed. I didn't win. I I placed in a contest that was like the best of Tulsa. Uh huh. Uh, in like my first year, and I was like, well, that's okay. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. I was told it was because I was a cute girl, and I was like. <laughs> You know what? I'll take that too. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> but um, it it was nice. It was nice performing somewhere where um, I like everything seemed new, mm -hmm. which yeah. which is good. Um, I still was quite nervous on stage, so if anything. Um, deviated from from normal, I think I I, I had a little trouble. Uh, weathering it I didn't quite have those chops yet so that was that was a little tough because I wasn't um, although I was writing jokes I really wasn't getting up that often I was maybe getting up like I don't know maybe like two or three times a month at most huh and you just don't you don't get better fast that way right right so um so was there something that sparked you to do more or did you learn to adapt? I don't know if it was because of your schedule that you could only get the, up twice, two or three times a month. Did you adapt to making the most out of the few times or did you at some point decide I have to go up more? I think when I got to Phoenix, there was a lot more opportunities for stage time. So I took advantage as much as I could. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I still was... Um, you know, like I was starting a new job, you know, and stuff like that. So it wasn't, I still didn't get up a ton, but getting up a lot more and realizing, okay, if you bomb here, there are other places you could go. Uh, that's the benefit of having like a, a larger, of mm -hmm. being in a larger city. <laughs> right. Uh, more people to piss off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more people to bomb in front of and <laughs> it's. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I, I was pretty lucky. Um, I got up a few places right away where I, where I did, I did pretty well. And that always seems to, that, that is the way to get more bookings is, is you basically do well. And someone comes up to you and they say, oh, I've got a show here. I've got a mic here. I'd love for you to do this. And, and, um, and I, I also, I mean, I, I had a little bit of the benefit of, I really wasn't, um, I, I was one of the only women in the scene at the time. Uh, there was a few other women that were doing it, maybe four or five that I can think of that were going up pretty regularly. And you do have the benefit of, of being that, of being a novelty. Mm-hmm. To, to commodify it right. <laughs> that I hope isn't dehumanizing, but right. um, so you, you have, which is of course, both a pro and a con. Um, I would get booked for things and then I would be told like they wanted a big pat on the back. Like you're the first woman I've booked in six months. Oh you gosh. Know, or, or, or like, I've never had a woman here before. <laughs> like, oh, gosh. Which, is things have improved that way where uh you don't see that that often anymore but it was pretty commonplace back then and it was like great yeah. <laughs> how, to, how to deal with this but that's not, that's kind of an eye-opening thing that i'm i'm hoping that my little uh, summer vacation series idea i like i get I, I realize how wonderful the Austin comedy scene is, but hearing something like that really makes me take for granted that since I have been watching Austin comedy, which has been almost 10 years now, like there've always been strong women on yeah. lineups. Like I, I just can't even imagine going to a show and there, there aren't women like that feature prominently. So it's kind of like, you guys have a wow. I mean every time I've gone there I've had I've had the best time yeah it's it's just been great I did altercation there a couple times um I love doing your online show I um uh it's it's just been a blast and yeah yeah um and and here of course I mean that got better I mean there are more shows that opened around town and more clubs that opened up. And then I also did uh, more shows um, elsewhere. I I think, uh, and that, I mean, going to LA and, you know, I I, I made a point of, I think starting in 2013, going to LA a couple times a year. Okay. And I think that was really important. Mm -hmm. Um, And as as somebody who, goes to LA only a few times a year how do you how do you break in to because there's so many shows there but everybody that just knows a little bit of of LA comedy knowledge they're like oh well then the only place you could perform is at the comedy store or at the laugh factory so how do you uh, start finding your way around the LA comedy scene well, I, um, I, I, the first time I went, I, I did, um, I just did mics. I was just going around and seeing shows and I did mics and like, that was, I really had no expectations. I, um, I came down and I watched the, uh, it was the very first LA riot comedy festival. Okay. Which I, I had never been to a comedy festival before. And I was, oh. 
I, I think I'd been to maybe a show at SF Sketch Fest a few years before, but uh-huh. but um, I, I didn't really, I, I like seeing something like that and how it was put together. I was like really fascinated and I was like, oh, I really, it'd be really cool if Phoenix had something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, well, what's the word? Uh, uh, a predictor of things to come. <laughs> Harbinger of doom. <laughs> Harbinger. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Dark <laughs> uh, um, but I, um, uh, I, and then I, I got lucky. I, I did, I did a couple of mics and someone was like, I book a show here in West Covina. If you want to do, huh. do a show. And uh, I was like, okay, I guess I'll go to your show in West Covina. And it was great. It was like, it was like the best show. Um, that is Chatterbox, uh, which is- I've awesome. heard of it, actually. So I've heard, good. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about it. <laughs> and that, that was really nice. Um, and, and, you know, and then once you, once you know people, it, it gets a little easier, but it's still hard. It's, it's hard to get on shows if you don't have credits. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You're, you're balancing out your time with, with uh, going to LA, which I think is, is fantastic. It's like a nonstop- flight or it's a fairly quick drive so it's it's something that's manageable um what at what point did you start feeling comfortable like at what you you had mentioned that after maybe two or three years you start feeling more comfortable on stage and the momentum is is moving in the right direction for you getting more shows did you did you reach a point where you started feeling more more confident about yourself um I feel like it took me a while and um, it really took me a while to get, cause I, I felt like I kind of would, I, I would level up in performance. Like I felt like I, I got a lot better and I think like 2011 and then, um, and then I felt like I really got a lot better in like 2014, 2014, mm-hmm. 2015. Like I, I felt like I kind of reached something there and sometimes it's like you reach somewhere and you have to kind of like learn your you kind of have to grapple with your new skills and like what you can do and and sometimes it's a little bit of an adjustment can you ascribe anything any one thing in particular to why you feel like okay 2014 was like a a big year for me to level up um I think I uh, first of all I was I was writing a lot on social media. And I, I feel like that really helped, helped me um, become a better joke writer hmm. um, in a way. And under, uh, under the, the old 140 character limits, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which took art and skill for sure. Um, I, I felt like that I, I was starting to get some notice from that too. I, um, you know, I, I started doing um, like the at midnight hashtag games and stuff like that. And I was like really growing my audience online that way. And, and, uh, and it, it helps. Like uh, I, I was like, and then I was trying to figure out how that would translate into the stage. And sometimes that would work, sometimes it didn't. But, um, but for me, I think it was just, um, I, I just was writing more and performing more 
And I think once you write and perform more, you, you get more comfortable on stage. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think, um, and then I started meeting more people in other cities and started uh, performing at festivals um, elsewhere in 2015. And I think that was huge for me, just seeing what, because I, I think sometimes, you know, scenes kind of, for better or worse, kind of dictate your comedy. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like sometimes they can elevate you and sometimes they can kind of keep you down. And seeing what other people are doing elsewhere um, kind of helped inspired me like, oh, I could do this or I could do that. Or they have these kinds of shows or they've got, um, you know, like that's, that's how they work together to get this done. So um, yeah, what, what was kind of a nice thing about my, um, actually my hometown, Oklahoma City um, has been very nice as it, it, it's not a big scene, but they've all kind of come together uh, to make all these wonderful comedy shows. And they actually were attracting like all these incredible like alt comedy acts <laughs> that, uh-huh. that we couldn't even get to Phoenix. Like, um, oh, wow. They got, they got Paul of Tompkins to come to Oklahoma City. And wow, I haven't been to Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was like they worked together. They, they formed Oklahoma City Comedy and started doing these, these shows um, at the fairgrounds that were um, incredible. And um, yeah, um, I think that that really helped me from a comic and producer side. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you're, you've, uh, I didn't put a timestamp for when you were doing the living room, but you, you also hosted another show. I didn't include it in the, the opening introduction, but I know you, you start producing your own shows and you've, you're, you also launched the podcast in 2014, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you're, you're doing all of these things that a lot of comics do as they grow and, and develop. And then you decided to launch a festival. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you're, it's, it's all very linear. It all makes sense. It's standard progression. And then you just decided to jump into the pit of a volcano and yeah, I mean, I, I think that's part of it was um, I didn't really, I had kind of done a, a show called the snark show and that's what it was yeah and it which was a it was a roast show it's um it was a roast show where people would go up and do stand-up and we had a panel of writers and they would write roast jokes about the uh the comic for the host to read (laughs) it was it was was pretty fun um roast shows can get out of hand (laughs) yeah yeah but we had a good time we had a good time doing it um but I, I did that for a while. And then I think, and then I started seeing more house shows pop up, mostly in the music scene, actually. Hmm. Uh, my husband is a jazz guitarist. And um, I saw that in a few ways. And I was like, I wonder if this would be fun for comedy. If, I mean, if nothing else, I could invite people to my house and it's just kind of like a party. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I did. I did a couple of years of those. Uh, I think, unfortunately, the pandemic killed that off. Pandemic plus my kid. 
<laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I really, I really enjoyed putting those on. We, I was, I was, um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy like, uh, I would like make a bunch of food and decorate and, and, um, and basically we just have a good time. <laughs> yeah. So those were, that, that was going on up through March of last year. Um, I think the last one I did was probably 2018. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, my, my, my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Who is adorable, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's, she's, a, she's adorable, but I, um, I, I, I also moved, um, my place would be a good place to have a show. So maybe it's something I will do eventually. Um, probably as we come out of this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, having, having a child as you're kind of hitting a stride and your daughter was born three in 2018. She was born in 2019. She's born. Okay. Yeah. She was born in April, 2019. And, uh, yeah, I, I kind of had a difficult pregnancy. So, yeah. well, I'm just wondering how how do you juggle everything? A festival, your comedy career, being wife, being a mother. You know, that's that's a lot for a single human being to, to handle. Um, basically, I I try to um, you know. I try to be careful. I think now I have to say no to more things. Mm. I have to say no to more things and I have to not feel bad about saying no to more things. Yeah. Um, There's just, um, but um, with the festival, I tend to work on it a little bit every day when I'm in festival season. Mm -hmm. And and that really helps. I I did have, uh, I did have a babysitter last when I was, when I was, uh, planning the last one, which would have taken place in March, 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, it is something (laughs) I've, I've, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's been nice with the online comedy, like how much you can perform as a mother with a child. It does make it a lot easier. Um, because it was something I, I couldn't, I was performing, I'd say 2019, uh, 2020, I was back up to, you know, like five, six shows a month, at least, you know, depending on the month, maybe more, maybe less. Yeah. Um, but it's been nice to, um, doing online comedy, the fact that you can just do it in your house, right. (laughs) you just have to check your Wi-Fi connection. That's been a lot easier. Yeah. So, so you you kept pretty busy with with online shows, mm-hmm. and have you? So, I you know I'm sure you know this, but Austin has basically been doors open since I mean technically since September of last year, but they've gotten like now it's just crazy. Everything's open. Phoenix um, is the same way too. Uh, Phoenix, um, we basically, we shut down, I think in April, it was like Mar- May, March and April, everything shut down. And then it kind of started up again 
And then we were like one of the highest, not only states in the United States, but places in the world for COVID. Gosh. <laughs> and, and then they had the, and then they were like, oh, maybe we should uh, stop. <laughs> we should stop for a bit. So we stopped for maybe like a few months. Uh-huh. And yeah, there are people, there are people that have been like performing the entire pandemic. Yeah. Pretty much. And uh I'm and you're kidding. you're a parent, so you have you know added considerations. Like I'm a parent as well, and so I, you know, I I go as safe as I as I can be because I know that I'm coming home to somebody that's not vaccinated. Well, now you know, in 2021, the 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 reason the rationale is well, I'm coming home to somebody who's not vaccinated, so I have to be very yeah. careful from that. Last year, it's well, I don't want to pick anything up. I I can't. You know, yeah, <laughs> I can't disappear on my child. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's part of it is, I mean, and, and also part of it is I, I mean, my husband during the, when he's out of school, he can watch her, but um, during the pandemic, I mean, I'm, it's during the school year, I'm childcare. I'm mm. all of childcare. Yeah. So, <laughs> there's not much I can do. Like I, I can't. And, and now um, she she's two. She probably can't get vaccinated till earliest, like maybe this fall. Yeah. So yeah, there is a consideration of, of, uh, in-person shows. Um, and I, I'm, yeah. So, <laughs> so how, how do you, and how did, how have you, so the online shows, I feel like there's a drop off in how many there are now that things are opening up. So how do you, work on those creative uh, parts of, of your, your, your brain in this time? Well, um, we've, uh, as under the umbrella of Bird City, uh, we actually started a, a mic on Thursdays called Little Bird Mic that's been running for about a year. Okay. And, um, and we, we have plans to run that through at least the summer. Okay. And uh, we, we're still getting quite a few people coming every week. I mean, there was, it was definitely our, I'd say our, our zenith of attendance was probably like January, February, when we're getting like 25 people out of my, you know, and, um, and it's, that's been nice. That's been, we've attracted a really nice group of comics that are, you know, sharing new jokes. And we're also like always seeing like new comics and, loving the men, the fold. And, and like, that's been cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, we've also been doing uh, on Saturday nights. Um, I've been doing a, a booked online show that we've been streaming different places. Okay. And that's been cool. That's um, and that, that has been interesting. Uh, who's been available during the pandemic and, and who's adapted and who hasn't to online shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big, you know, thing that we observed too, is who, who was completely hands off, no way I'm not doing it versus sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Give me something to do when I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I, and you know, it is, a, it is an adjustment. Um, like it, it definitely, you know, you definitely have to learn what to do and you have to kind of learn the challenges, uh, internet connection <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and and uh zoom bombs and stuff like that um 
but it's, uh, you know, like, and, and you know, there are a couple of comics that I asked to do a show and they were like, no, <laughs> or I did a zoom show and it was bad and I don't want to do anymore. Yeah. And I'm, you know, and I think, I think, I think a lot of people had to adjust after that, uh, you know, like I was very lucky. The very first zoom show I did was very fun. I did, um, Emma Montgomery's, um, his, his, uh, magic hat show. Mm. And that was, that was perfect. That was like really fun. And that was something that you know, like, he's, he's, um, I don't know if you know who he is. He's very, um, he's a Seattle comic. Who's very, um, gregarious and like, and, and very funny and surreal and out there. And it was like, kind of the, the perfect, it was something I'd want to go to as an audience member too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and we definitely we definitely had that advantage with Colton because Colton Dowling was so gregarious and outgoing, and you know yeah, he's so funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you had to cancel Bird City Festival in person festival last year. Are you making plans for having it uh, uh, happen in twenty twenty one? Um, we're planning on 2022. Okay. Um, I thought about 2021 and the thing about doing it in person in Phoenix is you can't do it in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> but why? <laughs> uh, so yeah. And I, I mean, maybe I can, if I really want to get cheap hotel prices, but, <laughs> um, I, I, I don't want to introduce people to the desert that way. <laughs> Not enough water. Yeah. <laughs> and and we have, um, Arizona also has a really good festival called Big Pine Comedy Festival in Flagstaff. Um, but actually I worked with them in the very beginning in the last, the first couple of years. So I don't want to, they're in the fall. I don't want to take away from them in the fall. So um Summer gives us time, I figure, um, where we don't have to stress out too much about whether everyone's vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. Um, and having hand sanitizer everywhere. And, you know, and whether people, because I mean, some people aren't flying at this point. Like I, I haven't flown since um, 2019. Yeah. So, um, I think that's that's a consideration when you have people coming out, but um, and it gives us more time to advertise the festival too. Mm -hmm. and, and so your festival has typically happened in the spring of every year. Okay. So you'll come back to the spring of 2022. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, <laughs> the venue that we were doing, going to do our 2020 festival did close, but so, but there are other, there are other venues that are great and yeah, and there, uh, there are also more places that are opening up. So I'm, I'm not trying to ask this out of a, you know, you show me yours, I'll show you mine, but, uh, you know, Austin has so many comedy festivals Yeah, and I just want people, uh, and I'm, I'm leading up to another question too about, uh, Austin versus not versus Phoenix, but 
for comparison's sake. So how how would you compare the Bird City Festival to a festival that we might see here in in Austin? Like I I think anyone listening to this will know Altercation Festival. It's a very, you know, bless his heart, the most DIY festival by JT Haberstadt. Oh my God, he does. I mean, I love that he makes his badges by you know by himself. <laughs> yeah I just he's just like Satan but with a heart of gold <laughs> right that's ex- that's exactly right that's exactly right <laughs> um I love I like what he does I I mean one thing they do is they have with altercations they have one stage yeah um and and they have one stage and and like and it's and it's just a great lineup and it's like a good hang at that one place for like two or three days. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's really cool. Um, I, I usually have multiple stages. Okay. Um, I usually have different places. I try to keep it all within a mile of each other. So it's not too far. Um, ideally what I would want to do is places that are like next door to each other. Sure. Um, which is sometimes hard to do. I the place that I wanted to do it last year um, had three stages in it, and I was like, "Yes!" Oh. <laughs> and then I it closed. It closed right away. <laughs> oh gosh, which is sad for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, that's and I and you know, of course, we're not we're not as big as like a Moon Tower or a, a South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um. um how many days? Uh, we usually do, uh, I've done as many as four and I think two to three is the sweet spot. So I probably won't ever do one that's longer than three. <laughs> <laughs> you must be a zombie by the end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the end of the, the four, the year I decided to do four days. I was, I was like sick. I was uh, like, I can't do that again. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I typically do, and I, I do quite a bit, and I, I arguably do too much <laughs> to learn to delegate. So. I was going to ask you, surely you have a team of people that help you. Um, I, I, have, um, I have people that help review the, the, um, the videos, because at this point, we, um, the last year we reviewed videos, we got 750. Oh, my gosh. And I did watch all of them. I promise I watched at least four minutes of all of them. Wow. <laughs> um, but I, I do, I do want it. I don't want, I want to have other voices and see what other people think. And I also want to hear about, you know, uh, it's, it's also, I try to bring in other people from other scenes too that have wor- maybe worked with this person and can tell me things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Which always helps. Um, but yeah, I have, I have since learned to farm out some other, some other aspects of it. Yeah. So. <laughs> As word of advice uh, from one parent to another, you are, you know, by the time it's spring 2022, you're going to be hitting an age where they, your child is so endlessly fascinating and you just want to spend all of your time with them, you know, depending on the, the, you know, when exactly the terrible twos or terrible threes happens, but 
yeah, that's, that's such a great age that I, my, my hope for you is to delegate as much as possible (laughs) (laughs) so that you won't feel that tug of, you know, I, I have this obligation. Plus you've got a, a, a job too. So, (laughs) you know, you're, you're being pulled in many different directions. So, you know, delegate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, it gets important. Um, and it's, um, you know, I could also have just Fiona headline. (laughs) (laughs) Give her a producer credit. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's funny. My son is now like, you know, he's usually, we go to shows together. So it's kind of cool that I, through my, my addiction, <laughs> you know, he's, he's seen a lot of great comedy and he goes to shows with me and he understands and he knows a lot about what Comedy Wham does. So it's, it's kind of fun to, to do something like that together. Not saying that you're necessarily going to do that with, with her, but. <laughs> um, when she was a baby, uh, pre-pandemic, we took her to a couple of shows. <laughs> which I'm sure people loved (laughs) yeah well depending on her volume level yes she did throw up during someone's set and I felt so bad like the loudest baby throw up oh god (laughs) uh that should be the name of a comedy album the loudest baby throw up Well, one of my objectives with my uh, 2021 summer vacation series is I'm talking to you who is, uh, you who are, who is, who are, whatever, um, uh, based in Phoenix, tell, tell the, the audience that is sitting here in Austin why they need to come check out the Phoenix comedy scene. Well, uh, for starters, uh, we um, we really have a nice variety of performers. Like we really have something for everybody. Um, we have quite a few clubs. Uh, we have quite a few bar shows. Um, we have quite a few like alt comedy shows. Um, we have a pretty great improv scene too and a storytelling scene that's incredible. And we have a lot of uh, shows that kind of mix genres. And, um, you know, some of those did come they did go away during the pandemic, um, but a lot of them are coming back and making plans to come back. Yeah. And um, I mean, what's kind of nice about Phoenix is um, it is a big city. Um, It's not exactly what you think of when you think of an art scene, but that's kind of the perfect, it's, it's a, it's a great developing scene where like, um, if you want to go and start something, you can. If you're not seeing it in the, you know, you can start something and there'll be an audience for it. Mm-hmm. I I went to Phoenix twice last summer and I was very impressed by the comics that were at the the you know the larger venues and I loved the art museum there. So oh, I, I <laughs> nice. Um, and then uh, tell us so. Here in Austin, you know, as with probably any small scene, we have, you know, we have comics who graduate to LA or New York. Uh, tell us a name of somebody who recently uh, left Phoenix for one of the, the big cities that you think we should be paying attention to. Ooh, um, 
There's so many. <laughs> I know. I, if I, I was asked this question, I'd be like, no, nah, I can't do it. I can't pick. <laughs> yeah, I can't pick. I can't pick just one. Um, let's see. Um, Michael Turner just left. He's, he's always great. Um, he um, did so many cool shows here in Phoenix. And then now he's in LA. Um, Jesse Johnson is really funny. Um, and has uh, a really wonderful uh, Instagram. I know she's been doing Instagram videos. Uh, she's like a filmmaker and comic and she's really sharp. Um, let's see. Um, my good buddy, Matt Stores in, in New York is always doing wonderful things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gosh, I, I'm so sorry for the people I left out. I, I, I do like you. <laughs> okay um, well Genevieve is there as we start wrapping up is there anything else that we haven't covered that you want to cover do you want to plug your your podcast uh well you can listen to um all the episodes of thank you for being a podcast uh, are still out there as far <laughs> as I know how did you what what struck the idea of, of doing the, this podcast uh we both uh, my, both Anthony and I just started talking about TV shows that we liked. And um, I mean, we're, we're very different people. Um, I'm a, I'm a white Southern lady um, and he's a, a, a gay Mexican man. And, and we hit the, we hit the cross point at, at Golden <laughs> Girls. Uh, we both watched so much Golden Girls and like, and then we kind of found that that was like a, as we as we went along, we found that was like kind of a like an odd cultural like cultural touchstone for people. Mm-hmm. So it not only became about recapping the series and kind of rewatching it and and um, but like kind of what what different people very different people thought of it. And we we had people that were like huge Golden Girl fans that were on it. Um, and or we had we had a few people that had never seen an episode. Wow which were either people that were like very young, like twenties or like people that were like teenagers when it was on. And they were like, I'm too good for golden girls. <laughs> I'm like, you're not, you're not too yeah. good. <laughs> and it, we just, um, you know, and it was also a show too, where, I mean, there's really, there's not, there's still not very many shows where like older women get to shine. Yeah. Yeah. And shine they did so <laughs> very much so very much so well I think people should go check it out I was I, I hadn't listened to it before but I saw some of the guests that you would have on and, and I'm like oh wow we, we were very funny. lucky um and we got um we got Wendy Liebman I think in the first year like came to Anthony's apartment <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> it was wow. so great and we were <laughs> wonderful uh yeah like uh we got um uh Christella Alonzo um gosh uh all sorts of great people uh Jackie Cation did it oh um, neat yeah that was really cool <laughs> yeah wow well check it out I I I know that there are people listening that love Golden Girls so they would probably very much love this podcast <laughs> okay well uh, I am going to wrap up with my, my closing question. Are you ready for it? <laughs> Genevieve, one word to describe your future. 
Hmm. Um, <laughs> let's see. I think, uh, I think I'm also going to go with checkered. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're one of those. It does not happen very often. Somebody just, <laughs> nope, same word, both words. <laughs> Stay tuned for Genevieve Rides Bikes, her next podcast. <laughs> Coming to you from jail. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Don't do that to that sweet daughter of yours. <laughs> All right. Well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham presents Genevieve Rice based in Phoenix, Arizona. Tell us where we can find you on social media and promote uh, any projects or shows that you have uh, on your mind. Well, I am at Genevieve Rice on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, and I, um, I, there is a GenevieveRice.com. I have not updated it in years. I, I'm trying to. I'm hoping to get that done this summer, but I've been saying that for years. So <laughs> no promises. Um, uh, I... Um, you can follow Bird City at Bird City Comedy. Uh, we are on Facebook and Instagram and um, and Twitter and Twitch. And uh, we have our open mic on Thursdays, uh, Little Bird Showcase at eight o'clock. Um, eight o'clock, uh, I'll say Pacific time. So I don't wanna go into our weird time. Yeah. That's the easiest way. Um, that's a free show if you were a comic and wanna do some time. Uh, we've been having a blast with it. Um, I do a book show called The Birdcage on Saturdays. Uh, it's, it's not every Saturday, but it's a lot of Saturdays. <laughs> and that's also 8 Pacific. And um, that's a donation show. And we've been having a blast with that too. So um, yeah, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Genevieve Rice got to be the comedic genius that you heard today, just as much as I have. <laughs> Modest one, modest one. This has been Comedy Wham Presents Genevieve Rice. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Genevieve. Thank you. <laughs>